Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Causey's Conversations. I'm your host, Jared Causey. Thank you for tuning in once again uh, for this episode. Uh, just a, a friendly reminder, if you're interested in any of the other episodes, they're there. I have about, I guess, a little over 20 episodes that are uploaded now. Um, kind of chugging away here, uh, getting some done uh, during this coronavirus season. So uh, go back and listen to any ones that you, know, you might be interested in. There's the title, the topic you'll see in. Uh, so you should be able to find the ones that you'd be interested in. Uh, if not, that's totally cool. Glad you're here for this episode to listen. Um, on this episode, I have a special guest, Clayton Carver. He's here with his hoodie on, uh, camouflage. It looks like in the military or something like that, I guess. It's a rainy day. I didn't feel like dressing up. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, he's here. He's a student at Swibitz. I'll let him introduce himself, but he's here. We're going to be talking about progressive Christianity. Um, it's something I've been wanting to do for quite a while now. I've been uh, doing some research, uh, reading and listening to some books, uh, doing that. But I'm glad Clayton's here. He's going to provide a lot of information, uh, give a lot of great thoughts about progressive Christianity and how we should respond to it. So, Clayton, thanks for coming on. Uh, tell the wonderful folks at home about yourself just a little bit, um, where you're from, your passions, your fears, uh, <laughs> all those things. Goodness, they're going to really know me. Yeah, what, what, what your plans are for the future. Well, thanks, man, and thank you, listeners at home. So, yes, my name is Clayton. I am currently, uh, well, I currently just graduated with a Master of Arts in Christian Apologetics from the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, and have just recently begun work on a PhD in apologetics here at Southwestern. So if you're interested in that, you should totally come join us. Um, I am originally from a town called Cape Girardeau, Missouri, which is in the boot heel of Missouri in the southeast corner. Um, grew up there, grew up in a Christian home, grew up in church, um, and got down here about four years ago to go to seminary and uh, have been here ever since and met Jared and have, uh, because of his love for the Celtics, been reminded of how great LeBron James truly is. <laughs> so one thing about Clayton, uh, I appreciate is he's, uh, he's also a basketball fan, um, really into basketball like I am. So, I mean, basketball is that, I mean, we both grew up playing, I mean, ever since we probably could walk um yep, that was my sport yeah so i uh have a lot of uh respect for those that are faithful to the game of basketball um but hopefully i'll change his opinion of lebron james i probably won't happen because that's his favorite player um so i get it i mean like my favorite player is larry bird and i consider him the goat mm -hmm. you know no yeah it's definitely lebron i'm definitely a king james version guy <laughs> when it comes to basketball yeah. yeah and i'm james white here to that's right to, that's right I, I, need to, I need to write a book on that <laughs> oh no yeah. yeah and you have the podcast and everything for it yeah no uh it, it's fun i Basketball is a good sport. I, the NBA, I'm, I'm very, I enjoy watching it. Uh, you're, you, you like a lot of college basketball too, though, right? Yeah, I keep up. I probably watch NBA more, but I'll keep up with. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge Florida State fan, so I mean, I'll keep up with them. And it was very heartbreaking that we didn't have March Madness this year because. Oh yeah. I really thought my Knowles had a chance to win it all. Maybe next year. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, uh, that's a, that's a, it's weird, man. Like, like just the. Basically, the entire purpose of the season has just been oh, it's bad. thrown down. The I'm so sports-deprived. I was up this morning. This is a Saturday. 
And people that know me know that normally, on a normal day, I'm not up to like 9 or 10. I was up at 7 a.m. this morning because the Bundesliga in Germany was back, and I was up at 7 a.m. to watch soccer on TV. Wow. Because it was finally a live sport that counted. It was a league getting back to work, and I was like, it's sports, it's soccer, I've got into soccer, I'm going to get up and watch this because I need need sports. Respect. You know? Respect. I I haven't really watched that much, obviously, any sports lately because of the pandemic, but... um, Obviously, basketball would be what I would want to come back, if anything. Yes, this Jordan documentary is getting us through, right? But, yeah, the, the, I was about to say that the MJ doc has been great. Um, if you ever get – you need to watch – to me, like, that's, like, the best – this is probably my favorite sports documentary of all time. That's like, fascinating. Because, yeah, that, that whole team is just crazy. It's just really cool to, to watch what they went through. But, um, yeah, no, I, the UFC uh, came back. I think yeah. was it this past Saturday? Was it last week? I mean, yeah, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, or a week ago. Something. Yeah, Ferguson. I think Fer- Ferguson got beat, and Ferguson never loses. So very uh, and no fans. There's no fans. Uh, crazy. That's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it was an empty stadium for the soccer game this morning. It was just. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I mean it was a full game, and like it's an eighty thousand seat stadium, and you could just hear the echo of the players <laughs> on the field, and it's just like this isn't right. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah, right. It's not. Oh. So. But anyway, yeah, um, Clayton's a great guy. He's here getting his PhD now. Um, I might, may or may not join him in that pursuit. Um, the plan no. is yes. It's predestined. It is, yeah. <laughs> the The plan is yes. I do plan on getting my PhD. Um, I I just got accepted into the THM program here at Southwestern, so I'm gonna for sure do that, um, Lord willing. And um, I don't know. It's been a great experience. I love I love the professors here been a great experience i've loved the community and meeting a lot of new friends like yourself and just uh it's been great i've enjoyed southwestern a lot and and plan on being here for a little bit longer i mean ne- at least the next two or three years hey man make the dome your home <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah for sure so anyway but we're gonna be we're gonna be discussing progressive christianity today um this is a topic that um it it doesn't get a lot of attention for a lot of lay members, a lot of laymen and, and, and folks at home. I think just because if you're a, a solid believer, you're a Christian, you go to church, you're kind of in this bubble. You're kind of just kind of hanging out with your people that think like you, believe like you, which is great. It's fine. And what happens is you just you, you tend to not recognize or see that outside your bubble, there are many different ways of that that people think about things in terms of you know Christianity and whatever, and um, one of the, the the schools of thought that has developed um, within quote unquote Christianity is progressive Christianity. It's a very um, it, it's a it's a new thing I, I would say in terms of an actual established kind of movement. But the progressive Christianity movement has has technically been around for a while. Uh, Many of you are probably familiar with the emergent church movement that kind of was like 2000s. Um, you had guys like Rob Bell. Yeah. Um, there's several other people that um, that are involved in that. But that's a, a movement that kind of was going on. And, and, and basically the, the emergent church doesn't exist anymore, but it kind of warped in, or kind of developed into a progressive Christianity movement that we see today that a lot of people might be familiar with. Uh, Rachel Held Evans, who's passed away now, she was one of the leaders. Peter Enns, Rob Bell, uh, Richard Rohr, um, 
just many different people kind of um, are leading this movement. But so I, I wanted to, to to start off with that. But Clayton, do you have any personal experiences with progressive Christianity? Um, you know, just in terms of just meeting them or just whatever. Um, not like directly. Um, I grew up in an SBC church. It was solid. Like it was, it was good. Um, church down here, I would not describe it as progressive, you know, theologically at all. Um, so I guess the closest encounter I have is books or TV, um, things like that, you know, preachers on TV or things you read on blogs or whatever. Um, but even from that point, it's just, it's not really what it's been to me. It's how I've seen other people get into it. People that I right. know, friends and stuff, um, and seeing where it's taken them. And I'm, it, it can be a little bit concerning for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind yeah. of been my experience. Yeah. I want to point out too, I, I, I said that uh, kind of a school thought in Christianity, I, I, I'm going to say from the outset, I don't consider progressive Christianity really Christianity. I, I don't. I, that's, I'm going to lay my cards out on the table there. Um, and we'll get into why more specifically later. I think they, they deny important parts of the uh, you know faith, Christian faith. So I would say they're not, but I'm just saying that in terms of a, of a category because people do consider them Christian and uh, the, just the kind of the school of thought that they belong to. But anyway, um, so progressive Christianity, um, a very uh, hot topic today, it seems like. Um, a lot of, like you said, a lot of people are being influenced by that movement. Whether or not they consider themselves progressive Christians, their argumentation, they'll kind of right. reflect that. Right. You know? Well, it's like you said, people don't really call it progressive Christianity because a lot of people honestly don't even think they realize that it's happening. Right. It's It's been a, it's a very slow right. process. It's just a little bit at a time. Um and like yeah, as the thing goes on, we'll get more into it. But honestly, yeah, people just don't recognize it um, because you know one of my one of my big things with modern evangelicalism is that nobody reads their Bible anyway. Yeah. So how would they know? Right. Um, so and that's really frustrating. You know, you say you follow this guy, but you don't read his book. Um, but anyways, yes. yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> but yeah. So I don't think people even recognize it, and that's kind of where the problem. Um, get started. Right. Right. So what, what we'll do is we'll start off by um, defining progressive Christianity. And what we'll do is we will, um, I'll, I'll list 10 commandments of progressive Christianity. Now, this is not from me. This is from a guy named Richard Rohr, who is a, um, I would definitely say a progressive Christian. Um, and it's based, this this list, even though it comes from Richard War, he kind of got it from a guy named Philip uh, Gully. I'm not too familiar with Philip Gully um, in terms of his work or whatever, but I do know Richard War decently. I've heard about some of the things he believes. I know some of his books that have come out. I've listened to some of the things he's said, his interviews and stuff. He's definitely not, uh, he's closer to a Gnostic uh, uh, Christian, quote unquote. Now, for those of you that don't know Gnosticism, look it up, Google it, whatever. I don't have time to go into it right now. Maybe we'll first progressive it. Christians. Yeah, they're they're very uh, yeah, they're very sort interesting. Of, yeah. yeah, it's just weird. It, an early church her heresy is what I'll say about that. 
Um, it's a very complex system, though. Anyway, but um, Richard Rohr, he came up with this list, I guess. Um, Michael Kruger, though, from this list, wrote a book on the Ten Commandments of Progressive Christianity. I have not read that book yet, but I'm, I plan on getting it and, and reading it later. Um, so I'm not going to recommend it technically because I don't know how good it is. But I can recommend Michael Kruger because yes, I've read. Yes, recommend Kruger. The things we've read from him. Yeah. yeah, he's great on textual criticism and like the canon of scripture and all that. But definitely look into his work and including this book. I would I would definitely recommend looking into it at least and, and seeing if that's something you'd be interested in. Um, but anyway, real quick, um, the 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 Ten Commandments of uh, Progressive Christianity. Number one, Jesus is a model for living more than an object of worship. Jesus is a model for living more than an object of worship. So this is a very um, this is a very foundational thing here, uh, foundational tenet for sure. I mean, um, Clay, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, Jesus being the model for living more than an object of worship. Do you agree with that, or how should we we think of that? Yeah, and you'll see in a lot of these. I've got the list pulled up here too, and you'll see them when we go through them. Is like there's there's two phrases in each of these. And they're always hinged on something, a phrase like more than or over than um, or right. um, more important. Like yeah. Yeah. And so at that point, that's where that's where that phrase is what causes a problem for me. Because um, if you just said Jesus is a model for living, I would say yes. Yes. I would say yes. Right. Yes. But then you say more than an object of worship. And I would say no. Right. Right. So then that's that's where you run into trouble. And, you know, so you start, I think a lot of progressive Christianity starts in the right spot, but ends up at yeah. the wrong conclusion. Yeah, they see a lot of issues. Like they see that, a lot, you know, maybe some Christians have neglected, you know, looking at, you know, viewing his life and how he loved and cared for the poor, but also how he cared about sin. And uh, maybe progressive Christians see a lot of hypocritical Christians that seem like they don't care about sin. And yeah. I agree, like, that's an issue. We should care about sin. Um, but the answer is not to um, basically say Jesus is more of a model for living rather than an object of worship. Yeah. And with, with Jesus um, and the entire Trinity, right, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we say that, we say that God is imminent and transcendent, right? Yeah. Imminent means that he's here, he's with us, we can relate to him personally. Right. I don't have to go through a, a church or a pastor. Um, I can, you can, you, Jared, can sit here in your room and personally talk to the God of the universe anytime you want. That's his eminence. But then his transcendence is that he is above us and he's beyond us and he is, he is personal, but then he is also beyond our understanding, beyond our ability to fully know him. Um, and I think this first one kind of gets. Um, away from that one. That right. The the the, the, the eminence of God is good, but the yeah. transcendence of God apparently. Um, and again, maybe that's not what they're trying to get at. That's what I see in it. Yeah. Um. You know, the object of worship I think involves the transcendence of Christ because Christ is God. He's yeah. not just. He's not just our friend, although he yeah. is. He is more than that. He's he's worthy of our worship. Yes. He he demands our worship. So we should worship him and with everything mm -hmm. that we have. So to say that he's not, a, it's, he's more of a model for living rather than an object of worship. I would say there's no reason to mm -hmm. say that he is um, one more than the other. He is our model for living, but we also worship him, 
because of who he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I think of, you know, people in Scripture, in the Gospels, when Jesus said to follow me, um, I think about, you know, this guy didn't, uh, This the rich young ruler that came to him and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, he said, sell everything you have and come follow me. Mm-hmm. And he went away discouraged, right? Right. But what if he had sold everything he had but didn't follow Jesus? So the model for living is sacrificial and giving yeah, to the poor right. and all of that, but he didn't follow Jesus. Right. Would that still have been enough? No. Both of the, point. Both of yeah. those were required of him. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, look at the Pharisees. They were, quote unquote, holy in their appearance and yeah. how they lived their life. But on the inside, they were dead. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. Then, as, you, as far as a model for living, they kept the Old Testament to a T. Yeah. But obviously it wasn't right. enough. And you know, it's interesting the Pharisees would probably agree with this almost, not maybe not entirely, but the Pharisees would maybe kind of, kind of agree with the sentiment of the like law. We, the law is meant for our lifestyle, for our our way of life. Right. Yeah. And we should we should we should be obedient to God. We should live like God. You know, we should live like God would. And um, obviously, the Pharisees would reject Christ. But you know, it's just interesting that the 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 Pharisees kind of put works above faithfulness and, and lo- loving God with yeah. their heart. And the progressive Christians seem to be doing the same thing almost. Yeah. So I think you'll see a lot of that. I think a lot of my answers on these are going to be yes, but yeah. Right. You know, Cause it, yeah. Cause it's, right. it's not, that's like, it's not that I'm flat out disagreeing with you, but I am disagreeing with yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, the, the statement is false, but like you said, there's a, there's a little bit of truth in it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah like Jesus is our model. Yes, and then you added that last part. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, number two, affirming people's potential is more important than reminding them of their brokenness. So, um, pretty pretty self-explanatory. Um, I think there is an important factor in here, or a part of it that is, is good in terms of, you know, should we just go around beating people up about their sin all day long? No. Like, that's not... That's not going to be helpful for anyone. Yeah. But should we... It's not going to get a lot of people to listen to you. Exactly. But at the same time, we should definitely be willing to call people out, especially our, our close brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Like the scripture says, gently restore people, but mm-hmm. gently do it. Yeah. Do it in love and grace, but with truth. Yeah. Well, yeah, and if Jesus is a model for living, let's look at how he did this. Let's mm. look at his conversation with the woman at the well. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good when, point. When he said, um, I mean, he restored this woman. He affirmed, right. he affirmed, I wouldn't say he affirmed her potential. I would say he affirmed her dignity um, as a woman, as a yeah. human being right. made in the image of God. He definitely affirmed Respected that. Respected her, yeah. Yeah, and um, told her that, hey, I'm the Messiah. Um, and she was, you know, when before that, she was like, sir, I believe that you're a prophet. I don't remember exactly. Right, you're good, yeah. The story. yeah. Um, but I should, I'm in seminary, but, uh, <laughs> you should know the whole bio, man. Come I on, should man. have it memorized by now. Yeah. I've been here four years, but, yeah. um, yeah, the little Jewish boys in Jewish school have me beat, but, um, yeah. anyways, <laughs> the, she says, sir, I believe that you're a prophet, yada, 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 you know, and then he says, go and call your husband. And she goes, oh, I don't have a husband. And he right. goes, you're right. You had five and the person you're living with right now is not your husband. Yeah. That is him not affirming her potential. That's her affirming her problems. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Affirming her sin and yeah. the things that she has done wrong, but he doesn't condemn her in it. He points that out. Yeah. Uh, he, he shines the light on. He it. He shines the light on it because right. that's the 
that's the that's the part of her life that he wants to fix that he wants to heal yeah um and and to redeem her is to redeem that situation in her life right um, so it's not just about affirming a potential um i would say dignity i think we could probably just call semantics on that one right for now um but to i think to truly to truly do that involves yeah you know being honest with ourselves yeah so number three, that the work of reconciliation should be valued over making judgments. I mean, we were talking about this earlier, making judgments, the, when you're reconciling with other people, you're going to have to make judgments. Yes, please define what making judgment yeah. is. Being judgmental, okay, then we can talk. Making a judgment, not necessarily wrong. That's just human nature. Yeah. yeah. You know, and again, if, if Jesus is the model for living... Jesus tells us to be as gentle as doves, but also as wise as serpents. Right. You know, to be to be shrewd, to to use discernment, um, to not just be, to not be, to not seek reconciliation from a place of ignorance. Right. 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 But to seek reconciliation where it can be found, um, you know, from a place of you know, is this the wise thing to do? Right. Um, you know. Yeah. So yeah, what do you? I would want to know what they mean by making judgments. Yeah. And they're not saying don't make judgments. They're just saying that the work of reconciliation should be valued over making judgments. And I would say making judgments is just a yes. part of the reconciliation process. Yeah. Uh, I think we probably should have mentioned this earlier. We're doing this, like I said, this is from Richard Rohr. We're doing this because we're hoping to talk about progressive Christianity in a way of if we describe if we describe it this way, a person who who would agree for, yeah. for better or worse, be labeled a progressive Christian yeah. and say, yes, I agree. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I'm, and we, we're doing this. this what we we're believe. trying to represent them correctly here, right. and I don't want to. We don't want to misrepresent them before we get into our, you know, the heart of our discussion. Um, number four, gracious behavior is more important than right belief. That's a big one. You know, it's better to, to be gracious to people, or it's more important to do that than to to believe in the in, to believe rightly. I, I think this is kind of like you know, kind of like what AOC said. Uh, uh, a while back, she said, you know, basically like, you know, um, uh, she said facts are not as important as um, like truth or facts are not important is, is as important as the feelings of people or uh, making people feel good. I, I, she I said, remember I, saying something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not. I, I'll have to. Basically, what she was saying was facts were not the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, and that's not. And obviously, that's a wrong. That's a. I think that's an unhelpful. Uh, there's, that's an unhelpful um, con, uh, statement to, to make to say that that our right belief is less important than, than our gracious behavior. I think they go together. Yes. Yes. Know? Yeah. Because yeah. Um, because again, I think I think maybe if I'm guessing what they would do would be pointing to the Old Testament again and the Pharisees saying that they had the right belief but they didn't have gracious behavior. And I'm going to say no. They didn't have gracious behavior because they didn't have the right belief. Right. They didn't really actually. They have did the not belief. properly yeah. understand who God was, and that's what Jesus yeah. was trying to. They rejected do. Christ. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think actual biblical gracious behavior comes from right belief. Right. You know, and it's also um, you know, thinking from from my position, who you know that believes objective truth is a real thing. You know, if I believe that something is objectively true and what you believe is objectively false, how is it? gracious of me to not point that out right in right in a gentle and gracious way yeah but to point that out yeah you know especially if i actually believe that there's a place called hell and that you'll spend eternity there away from god if you don't believe 
rightly about him. Yeah. Um, and they would say that that see that you're you care more about the belief than actually being gracious because telling them that they're going to hell is not gracious. You know. I, I, yeah, and I think that it is. So I do care about gracious belief, and this is yeah. how I think it plays out. Yeah. Yeah. So number five, inviting questions is more valuable than supplying answers. Um, I mean, what more can you say about that? I don't know. Just I don't now, think... I'm an apologetics guy, so I love questions. Right. right. I mean, this is my thing. Um, and and so and, and I mean, I think it's out of all of them, this is probably the one that I have the least amount of issue with. And maybe you know, so I think life's complicated. Life's messy, and there's not always a right answer. There's not always a clear-cut answer, at least. Um, and maybe there is a right answer, but maybe this is not the place and time for it, like in a hospital room, and somebody's wondering why God would allow such pain and suffering in the world. Probably there is a right answer to that. Probably not the place for it, right? Um, well, there's there's a way. Maybe you could, you could express that truth, but in a you can... Do yeah, it in a way maybe not more like more like ministry of presence type stuff. Um, you know, you, you don't want to you don't want to give some sort of philosophical argument for the right. problem of evil when someone just lost a loved one. Right, right, right. You know, so letting them letting them wrestle with those questions and and letting people be okay with you know having doubts and being honest about those, I think that's perfectly fine and we should welcome those so that we can work through those together. But eventually come to an answer. Yes, but I think yeah. if there's an answer to be found, we should be wanting to seek out what that is. Even if it's hard to accept at first, even if it's going to take some wrestling, um, I think if there's a right answer, we should at least want to find it. And right. sometimes there are no answers. We just won't know them this side of eternity and that's okay too. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, no, I agree. Um, encouraging the personal search is more important than group uniformity. This is number six. So, you know, that's, you know, people personally seeking God is more, I assume they're referring to seeking God here. That's more important than actually being like the rest of the group that you're in. Right. But yeah, I, I worship God this way. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, even though the Bible tells us how to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think, yeah, and I don't even know if that's, I mean, I mean, obviously it's a progressive thing because it's in the list, but I wonder if that's more rooted in more like just kind of American individual individuality, right? Yeah. You know, where a, a lot of our rights are, are individual rights. Like me as an individual have certain American rights. Right. You know, not just as a group, but me, Clayton personally have this, has this right. Um, so I wonder if it, it, it might be rooted in a little bit of that. So, and right. I think I think definitely a lot of the faith is personal, but I don't think it's I don't think as much of it is personal as we have traditionally wanted to let on. Yeah. In the West, I think there is something to be said of the church as a whole. Right. There's and how yeah. we function. Absolutely. Yeah. Number seven: meeting actual needs is more important than maintaining institutions. It's a very anti-institutional um, list, definitely. Um, that that they care more about the individual rather than a group of people. They would say a group of people that believe a certain way that has a foundational belief system. That's an institution, I'm yeah. sure. There's a there's a maybe there's a hierarchical system there. Yeah. Maybe maybe not, but it's still institution, and that's not as important as actually meeting individual needs. Yeah, I sense this has probably come from somebody who's been hurt by. Church, a yeah. church right. or 
a ministry of, of some sort. Um, so, yeah, I, I think certainly individual human dignity matters. I'm going to agree with them. Um, I think there's a lot of complexities to that one. You know, like if the institution is meeting individual needs, does the institution then become, how important is the institution then? Right. actually meeting what you're getting at. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of, yeah. Again, yeah. these are not as simple as they appear. Yeah. Number eight, peacemaking is more important than power. Okay. Yeah. And and I, I get this, and this is probably along the same lines. This is, it's a, this, the people that would agree with this have an issue with. Yeah. These kind of seem to build on each other. Right. Yeah. They have an issue with the institution. They have the, it, you know, it's the white straight males mm -hmm. in charge, you know, that they're, they're upset about. Yeah, and, yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit later about. Yeah, I, I might be. I mean, I might be able to agree with that one. You know, if you're if you're seeking power, you know, at all costs, you know, I'm gonna ruffle some feathers because I want this position. You know, I I, I think there might be some validity to that one personally. Yeah, that means you're a progressive uh, Christian. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Sorry, I'll leave. No, no, and I think you know I, what they're they, they would say that you care more about power though. I would, I would want to know why the person wants the position of power. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, number nine, we should care more about love and less about sex. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That's an interesting one, that's yeah. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to say to that one other than just, I mean, uh, I mean, I think, creative I, think mode. That's, <laughs> I think I think as a single man, that's solid dating advice, you know, because I think... Um, you know, I hope to be married one day, and I shouldn't be marrying someone just just to have sex right. with them. Right. Right. I mean, you know, I certainly hope that's part of it. Right. If I'm being perfectly honest, but yeah, yeah I mean, my yeah. my love for that person is supposed to be more. Than right. That, yes. Is the foundation. Yeah. But I don't think we should. I hate. I you know. And actually, if that's true, and if they operate under that under that, and they're actually trying to teach people in their churches that love is more than sex, I actually think socially that'll probably bring some benefits. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm not. I don't suppose I have to pick that one apart. I yeah. think that's probably true. Well, I think I think really it's more about you know saying that love is more important than the sex itself. I mean, like to me, like God created love and sex. Mm -hmm. um, between a man and a woman, or do they mean sex as gender? And then we're getting into the whole no you know, that's, marriage thing. No, I think it's talking about uh, I think it sexual uh, activity yeah. with a partner or whatever. But I would just say, I mean, it's like God yeah. created sex as a as a good thing, and we shouldn't say that. Yes, love is the foundation of that. Yeah. But it's not as if. But that actually, I never thought of the progressive liberal side of Christianity to have an issue with sex. I've always thought it was the more conservative side that had an issue with sex. Yeah. You know, we don't yeah. really talk about it in youth group, and yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. they, you know, we don't really talk about it in church. And you know, yeah. I was I honestly grew up under the assumption until I was, I mean, at least in high school, I was you know, operating under the assumption that Christians weren't supposed to have sex. And then I found out what sex was, and I was like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. So yeah, so that, that that's interesting. I always kind of thought yeah, it was more it on the other side. Yeah. And then, uh, so lastly, life is uh, life in this world is more important than the afterlife. Eternity is God's work anyway. Okay. So I'll I'll touch on that last statement a little bit later. Um, but you know the the we were talking about this earlier. Life in this world. Yes, is important, and we should care about it. 
because it leads to another life, an afterlife, where you will have a lot more time. There, there's going to be a lot more going on mm-hmm. in terms of time at that point because we have eternity. Now, should we care about this life? Yes, absolutely. But we were talking about this earlier. Our, the point of the Christian life is to love God, to glorify Him, to, to, to share the gospel. But in doing so, we are ushering, and not necessarily ushering in, I don't want to say, I don't want to be like post-mill here, uh, ushering the kingdom of God by doing that. I think there's a little bit of truth to that. Right, the reunion of heaven and earth. Yeah, but, yes. but in a sense, though, we're, we're, we're waiting for that time when, when Christ returns and makes mm-hmm. all things new. We should yearn for that, learn, you know, look to, to you know, we want that to take place. We want uh, God to, to do that. Um, and we should right. should do all we can to to. Yeah. to I mean, we're supposed to be it. living. We're supposed to be essentially living the way that God originally intended us to live before the fall. Right. Right. Just before sin entered the world. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's. I would. I mean, maybe you could say it's more important in the sense of what I do in this life determines my eternity. So I need to be worried about what I'm doing in this life, how I'm living. I could get on board with that, but. If you mean it's more important in that, you kind of eternity is God's. You know the the last phrase there, eternity is God's work anyway. Kind of brushing off eternity, right? Um, that can be a little, um, you know, that could possibly lead to some to, to some yeah. dangerous places. It's like I think people are saying like, you shouldn't really, we shouldn't really care where people are going, heaven mm-hmm. or hell. Well, yeah, you know, and, and I, think, that, I think I think that cuts in on things like evangelism. It cuts in on things like a lot of Christian living. And at, at that point, if, if, if all, all you're worried about is this life, then then Christianity turns into humanism. Or yeah. You turn into a humanitarian. Yeah. That's about all you are. And a humanitarian with some Bible sayings. You care about what they're going through right now, but you don't care about where they'll end up. Right. About so, the bigger picture of it all. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's where, yeah, I'm with you. So that's the Ten um, Commandments there. Um, that So that's kind of the basis. When we talk about progressive Christianity, this is what we're referring to here. Um, so getting into actually our, this is our actual kind of discussion about, the, about it, um, what factors cause some people to leave Christianity um, or or uh, I would say leave conservative or evangelical Christianity and embrace this more progressive form of Christianity. What what are some reasons that that, that takes place? Yeah, I mean, I kind of alluded to it as we were going through the list. I think a lot of it probably comes from hurt, personal like hurt, right, or experience with you know a pastor that was at the least rude and at the most abusive. Those exist. Yeah, um, or a church member or or something. Um, you know, or um, I think a lot of, I mean, I myself am a, would consider myself a conservative, you know, to put my cards on the table. Um, I think a lot of conservatives, this is a blanket statement, you know, um, but I know there's plenty of exceptions that a lot of older Christian conservatives tend to unite Christianity and conservatism, you know, hand in hand and, and God and country and, and, you know, and all of that. And I think it can, if you take it too far, it can rub people the wrong way. 
you know, like to be Repub like to be Republican is to be Christian, and I don't think those two are directly equal. Although there's a bigger discussion behind. They're all not that. synonymous, but yeah, there's a yeah. bigger discussion behind yeah, all of that. But I, I don't think, I don't think to identify as a Christian and to identify as a Republican is the same. thing. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I, I don't I, think, yeah, yeah I don't think you know, many people would would yeah, say that it you is. Know, so, you know, but I think I think you could see it that way. Um, you know, a lot of. You know, yeah, so things like that I think people could get frustrated with or, like I said, um, I certainly think legalism, you know, there's people tend to normally react extremely to extreme situations. Exactly. So if somebody's extreme on this end of the spectrum and you encounter them you're and you're with them enough, you're going to react typically by becoming extreme on the other end right right and it becomes a reactionary thing right. so it, it's it's you know legal legalism says that the bible doesn't go far enough and liberalism says the bible goes too far so they react to each other right. um you know so i think i think in general that's kind of what i see with a lot of people right and also like in your this is very related much related to this to what you just said but hypocrisy a lot of progressive liberal uh, progressive Christians would say, you know, like the reason they entered into that phase of their quote unquote faith is mm -hmm. because they saw so many Christians, conservative Christians, not be really faithful to, mm -hmm. to their savior. Yeah. You know, they were very hypocritical and they're probably and, right. And, and yeah, and I would agree. And I would say, I mean, I've been hypocritical, um, mm -hmm. a lot. Like I, I'm, I would say we all, all of us are hypocritical to some extent. Um, but that doesn't mean that what I believe is wrong. It means that my heart is still, there's still a spiritual problem. Yeah. And I need to bow before my Savior and repent. And and not necessarily, um, the response shouldn't be, I would say, to just abandon, you know, that, that theological perspective. Or, yeah, yeah. Well, we were talking before this, we were talking about a mutual friend of ours who has a lot of certain beliefs and, and we were making a comment that he doesn't really build his beliefs based on what the Bible says. He builds his beliefs based on disagreeing with people, you know? So, and I think, I think a lot of, I think a lot of progressive Christianity is built on that. Like you said, you see the hypocrisy, you see right, the, things, right. the problems that they don't like with traditional evangelicalism. And I think there's plenty of valid points that they make. But their reaction is, is yeah. to disagree. If they believe that, then and, I, then it must be wrong. So it must be the other way. Right. Right. And that's not. We can't make our. We can't make our decisions about God based on people. Right. Exactly. You know, we have to make our decisions about God based on what He says about who He is, which is the Bible. Right. It's solo scriptura. Yeah, and we'll get into the Bible a lot. Um, you know, uh, one thing that I think leads to 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 this taking place another another you know, uh, reason I would say is a lot of the popular culture and its view on sexuality, specifically the sexual revolution and the LGBTQ plus mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of progressive Christians, maybe their first, one of their first kind of one of the first dominoes to fall is their view on homosexuality. And they, or I would say probably women pastors. That's, that's, an, that's probably the first one. Um, maybe even their view of scripture and then it leads to these other things. But I would say one of the m m most outward, uh, one of the things you can detect the first, uh, the first things you can detect is, is their view on, on homosexuality. Oh, Paul didn't 
really mean that, or God didn't really mean that, or Jesus right. didn't really mean that. Or, Again, well, the Bible yeah. goes too far. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's maybe maybe a, um, is it could be one, I mean, science as well, like they, they struggle with evolution, um, stuff like that. I think there, those are some other reasons, but, um, and then also like the doctrine of hell. You know, like yeah. they'll they'll say. Well, I think I think that the, their their tenet of being able to invite questions. I think probably a lot of them had some questions and had right. some doubts, and they got hit with the whole. Well, you just need to believe, right? Thing, right? Just total blow. I've had people say it to me, and I want to punch them in the face. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know, I, yeah. I get it. That's the stupidest answer you could possibly. By give. the way, when Clayton says something like that, it's not. He's not. Being I don't. Actually, I've never actually punched anybody in the face. Yeah. I've just. Wanted That's to. just his way of. Yeah. So, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I just so, want to make that clear. Yeah, when this when this comes back, because not everyone knows you. I just, I yes, just want to make yes, sure. Uh, yes, Lord forbid, I get you know slightly well known, and this comes back to haunt me. Yeah. in this day and age, but yeah, um, yeah it's it canceled. That's right, <laughs> shut down. So maybe we should yeah. never do this. But yeah, I mean, the whole like, like I think our especially our generation right really wants to think through spiritual questions right spiritual ideas and and they ask questions in church people don't know the answer because again people don't read their bible and um they're just like well you seem to believe you know why they say that because they don't have an answer and they just believe you know why they just believe because their pastor told them to yeah and they just want to go on sunday and be spoon-fed by a pastor rather than actually get into the scripture and maybe learn something yeah um you know and maybe be able to help some kid who's got a tough question that they're wrestling with, right. but you can't help them, and now they're over yeah. here. Right. No, that's right. That's that's a good point. You know, we need to. Sorry, we need. I got, we I got do. A little heated there no, you're, no, that's great. I we do need to think through questions and, but come to an answer. I mean, not just doubt and and uh, sit on this, these questions for for the rest of our lives. I mean, eventually we need to come to some solid answer, but. We need to allow room for those questions uh, in the church. We need to allow people to say, "Hey, here's my concern. Like, I'm kind of bothered by this God who is in the Old Testament that is, is ordering the Jews to the Israelites to 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 kill the Canaanites." Yeah, you know, like I mean, go into a city and just slaughter everybody. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I mean, and I agree. Like, does that make me feel uncomfortable? Tar- I, yeah, absolutely. If yeah. it doesn't, you're you're kind of strange. Yeah, you, <laughs> you see, like you see Jesus in the movies and in the TV shows, and by the way, the Chosen. Best TV show about Jesus Dude, I've ever seen. You I, should go watch it. I need a, I, well, two CV, two commandment violations. I'm just joking. What? I, I, the, is, oh, uh, yeah, no, I, gosh, don't even yeah, start that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just no, joking. But, I'm just yeah. <laughs> the Chosen, TV, download the app, watch it, donate the money so they can keep making more seasons. It's fantastic. But anyways. Anyway, yeah. It's hard to see, like you watch that show, it's hard to, it's hard to see the Jesus at the well, with the woman at the well, all of a sudden go... Hey guys, go into that town and kill everybody. Yeah, no, you I, know? yeah, there is some, there are some legitimate questions there, but I think the answers are there for us to know. Yeah, to some I mean, extent, there, there is an answer, and if you are, if someone who struggles with that is willing to sit down and listen to, hey, you know, it's because this is how serious God takes sin. He knew that if if there was anybody in that land who didn't, who wasn't an Israelite, who didn't worship Him that they were going to lead his people astray, and he loved them too much to let that happen. Right. Now, unfortunately, what do they do? They didn't kill everybody. And what right. happened? They got led astray. Yeah. No, that's right. And plus, like, people say, well, how, God doesn't have a right to do that. And my thing is, God does. He has a right to do whatever he wants right. with his creation. Right. It's like, I mean, I hate to say that, like, that boldly, but 
Yeah. I mean, it's really... That's, is God that has a right to do whatever he wants. The flip side of that is God has revealed enough about who he is to we can we can trust that he's gonna do right. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna love his creation, not yeah. Yeah. So um no more floods, no more yeah, you know, fire from heaven. Not yet at least. <laughs> yeah. So now going into the differences, but this is the big question here. What are the differences between progressive Christianity and in what we would say is true biblical Christian, I'm not going to say conservative. I'm just going to say yeah. true biblical Christianity. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we want to try and not make this the political conservative. And I'm, when I say conservative, thing. I'm saying more theological. Right, tradition, like traditionally, what Christianity has believed. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, what are the differences? Yeah, what are the differences um, that you would you would say maybe are some of the main ones? So I think, like I said, I I, I tend to see. When I encounter progressive liberal Christianity, I tend to see them trying to write off what the Bible says, kind of explain it away. Right. Um, so there's a um, there's definitely a altered view of Scripture. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think that's lies at the root of it. Um, where I get where I went on my little rant earlier about the traditional evangelicals not reading their Bible just because they want to be spoon fed by their pastor. Um, you know, a lot of people started to dive into their Bible um, and came to some rough conclusions. Mm -hmm. um, or they saw stuff they didn't like. Right. So they tried to explain it away um, and, and started to leave that, I think... I think uh, if I'm perfectly honest, if I just look at personality types, I think probably progressive leaders like, you know, the late Rachel Held Rachel Rachel Held Evans, goodness, um, <laughs> yeah. got tongue tied for yeah, Her, yes, Rachel Held Evans or a Jen Hatmaker or a Rob Bell, these strike me as incredibly personable and friendly people. Yeah, right. Um, and if I look at you know, more conservative evangelicalism, specifically in the Reformed camp where we come from, you don't quite get the warm, welcoming personality types. You tend to get the more blunt, aggressive, passionate. In that's a blanket you know, statement. It I, is. It is. I, there's yeah, definitely I, there's definitely exceptions. There's definitely exceptions. Because yeah, um, I've I've met progressive Christians, I would say are just as much of a jerk. Yes. No. Yeah. That no. Those exist. But I, I'm kind of speaking more in terms of the faces, right? Mm -hmm. So the faces of, of Reformed would be guys like James White, who, James White, you know, you know, smart guy and all, but like, no, nobody, nobody says, oh, James White, he's so friendly. I mean, you know, I, that's not the I, first thing. I, that yeah, I, no, I get what you're saying. He's not warm and like. That's not the first thing. Like, yeah, he's yeah. very dry. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But think about Piper. dry and like, think about John Piper. Dude, John, yeah, John, John, no, yeah, John Piper is definitely. Like, an exception. I would say he's more of the face of reform theology. Yeah. Calvinism. Matt Chandler is definitely an exception. Uh, Platt, dude, David. David Platt I mean, is a very J.D. Yeah. Greer. You know, they're definitely out there. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, and you also and you kind of have you noticed, you know, because the. A lot of the progressive Christianity is is really in our generation, millennials, and then down into Gen X, Y, Zs, whatever those are. <laughs> yeah, the, the kids. Yeah, the right. kids. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it, 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 it's a bigger issue there than right, it is right. than the the people before us. Right. Um, it's kind of there's some of them there. 
you know, um, but it's mainly, it's mainly us. And, yeah. you know, I think it's only right that I speak to that. Um, so, and you'll notice, I say that to say this, you'll notice the, the reformed or broader conservative evangelical, um, Christians in the millennial generation, who are they drawn to? They're drawn to John Piper, Matt Chandler, J.D. Greer, David Platt, those guys who still are warm and welcoming personalities. It's almost like they're trying to mimic Jesus' lifestyle. Like yeah. Progressives are saying what we should. Yeah. You know? And, and it's, it's... I mean, it's, and they when they criticize conservative evangelicals, they typically criticize people like Piper. Mm-hmm. Like Rachel Held Evans in one of her books, she... She actually criticized Piper for his view on uh, the uh, uh, the quote unquote God of the Old Testament, so yeah. telling the Israelites to kill the Canaanites. Like that's that's one thing yeah. that uh, she quoted Piper on that topic, and it was uh, I, I thought it was un, yeah. uh, uncharitable v- reading of, of Piper, and also a, a bad conclusion. Yeah. Um, now I'm good with that in the sense that she's she's got an issue with his theology. I'm good with that. We that's the discussion we need to be having. Right. Um, I, I don't want, I don't, because that's the, the conversation that needs to be had, meaning I don't want that conversation to never get there because you're already writing me off because I'm a jerk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, my no. attitude should never be, is, should never be what turns you away. Yeah. And we'll, we're going to get to that a little bit later about like, how do we respond to them? Um, but we're, to, we're, so you were saying about the view of the Bible, you know, that we're kind of like, like our view. So like progressive Christians, their view of the Bible is more like, it's more of a human book. Like God maybe inspired it, or God maybe had influence on it, or these are true stories about God, um, or things that we should follow. But this is not really God breathed. This is not God's word, um, and this therefore this is this should not be our. Uh, this doesn't. So because they reject that, they would say that not everything in it we should abide by. In the way that it was written, right? It, you're you're you start reading it through the lens of culture and co- a yeah. cultural context. Um, you know, I've I've heard I've heard that um, before. I I don't remember the exact details because it's been a while, but I, I remember that on, on a guy giving the defense of homosexuality, right? And that homosexuality in the first century is not what homosexuality is now, right? Um, and that's historically actually not. Yeah, True. But, they didn't. They didn't have identities yeah. surrounding sexuality like right. that. Well, what he, yeah, what the guy was saying was that he, he's like Paul was talking about a certain kind of yeah. homosexuality, right? And I'm like, you know, I don't know if I have to be a a Greek scholar, although it certainly helps. I mean, <laughs> I'm in Greek right now. Yeah. Um, to look at the verse when it says, uh, "Rid yourself of all." forms of and gives right. you a whole list of these things right. homosexuality is one of them you know the grammar of that even in english implies all forms of yeah this all forms of this yeah and going through the list it doesn't say oh just the 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 abuse of kinds of yeah. this that we don't that's not how paul thought about those things he just yeah. said don't be a don't don't commit homosexual acts mm. you know and so that's and that's the typical matthew vines um uh, matthew vines is a well-known popular homosexual pro-homosexual or i would say an ally he's gay himself i believe but he would say that that's that's the main that's that's his how he reads the text it's a, it yes paul is talking about homosexuality but only a specific type but the problem is it's not in the text he's yeah. reading that into the text right and reading the cultural 
you know, his yeah. assumptions of the culture too. You've got, yeah, you've got no, if you're interpreting that passage that way, you've got no support from that passage for that interpretation. Right. Right. So, um, one thing too, like uh, maybe a big difference between progressive Christianity and, 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 um, orthodox conservative theological, uh, Christianity is the, the point of salvation. So like, what is salvation? How are we saved? Or what, what are we saved from? They would say that more, we are saved from social injustices or we are saved from, some from our um, like we're victims of our sin almost we're victims of hate or we're victims of um, whatever it is and God rescues us from those and basically gives us a way of living mm-hmm. that which some of that I agree with to an extent but yeah. the, well it's like the whole more than things it's like yes but then you add that last part you yeah know? <laughs> yeah it's like yes you're right we we are we are we are victims we do suffer from sin. But we're not just victims; we're also perpetrators. Yeah. You know, well, and, I mean, I would say some of us are victims, but I would say no. we're not. Real, I wouldn't even categorize us as victims necessarily. I would say we're just we are sinners in need of a savior. Yeah. And and yeah. and I, I mean, yeah, like some of us are are victims, like from sexual abuse or whatever. And yeah. We, we people do commit sin against us, and we are victims at that point. Right. But our main relationship status before Christ is before we know Jesus is we are. Mm-hmm. Not victims, we're sinners. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's trying to explain the way of the Bible and you know where Romans five says that we are enemies of God. Right. Well, that's not that's not cool. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and but yeah, it's it's a lot of um, I should say that a lot of emotion in progressive Christianity, a lot of emotion and feelings, not a lot of. And more explaining away information rather than yeah. learning from it. And goes back to the warm personality, warm yeah. feelings. Yeah. yeah, it goes back to that. So the the so our salvation is not really um, the the reason for for salvation is not based on um, uh, substitutionary atonement. I think that's another thing that the atonement specifically they. The, the, their form, their understanding of the atonement is probably fundamentally different than what we would say. Mm-hmm. Like we would say that Christ paid for our sin; He took upon the wrath of God upon Himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, took, I mean, I, th- I assume you you agree with penal substitutionary atonement. Yes. And they would say, no, He's our moral example. He's our He He shows how great and loving He is by sacrificing Himself for us. You know, that's kind of their their. That, for, as far as I understand, that's their view of the atonement. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a moral example rather than actually. Yeah, and I would, yeah, and I would, if they would say if they phrase it just like that, I would say absolutely yes, he is the sacrifice for us, you know. And it's, you know, but yeah, and it's but but why did he have to sacrifice himself for us? Yeah. If it was just if it was just a change in lifestyle, does that really warrant somebody's death? Right. You know, there seems to be something bigger going on there. Right. So, um, I know you got to go eventually. Um, I do have to go eventually. I don't yeah, live here. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I um, want to be gracious with your time. Um, so, um, kind of some, you know, things that 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 happen. You know, we'll see some friends. We might see a church maybe drift towards progressive Christianity. What are what are some signs that a church or ministry is moving towards progressive Christianity? Um. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I'll say this before I start. I, I, a lot of people I know, like when you ask that question, there's people that pop into my head. Right. 
Um, and those people that I think of are, I think, genuinely do want to follow Jesus. And I think they think that this is the way to do that, and I don't think so. Right. That's my preface. Right. Now, um, a mark that a church is going towards progressive Christianity, I think, um, I want to be very careful here. I think a lot of it starts when you see a church tend to be a little bit more, I'll just say it, seeker sensitive. Yeah. I do not say, I, I did not say that a seeker sensitive church is a progressive church. I did not say that. And I am not saying that. Okay. Make right. that clear. No one, so, repre- no one misrepresent Mr. Yes. Carver here, please. To be to be seeker sensitive does not mean that you are liberal and lost and whatever, right? Right. Would not say that. Now, I think so. I'm not going to raise the red flag there, but I think a lot of it tends to be there because you're starting to look at um, just in those types of churches. There's going to be. They're still going to teach the Bible. They're just going to teach less of it, right? Right. They're going to give you, like, like me and you, we prefer what's called expositional preaching, right? Right. Where it's not necessarily book by book, verse by verse, although that's the that's usually the way it's played out, you know, to preach the full counsel of God's Word. And I right. Think, you know, I think you should be going through entire books. I think that's a good thing to do. Right. But you can be expositional, just with this passage here, and then go to this passage over here and still do it expositionally, right? Yeah, there's... Yeah. But, so the idea is that you're exposing your people to a big chunk of the Bible to really get the scriptures into them, and to, honestly, I think a role of a, of a good preacher is to model for your church what it means to study the scriptures, and you're just breaking that down for them on the pulpit on Sundays. Right. Um, and I, I, think, I think that the tone that you set... Um, in the pulpit is going right. to be the tone that your people are going to have in their own quiet times if they have them right. during the week. If you're only giving them a verse here and a verse there, then that's think that's all they're yeah. probably going to do. Because that's what the pastor does. But if you're walking through books with them, they're going to be like, oh, well, then maybe I should walk through a book, you know. So I, I think when you when you start to um, expose or limit your um, your exposure of scripture to the church. Um, I'm not saying that's malicious. You know, there's a bunch of different reasons people give, you know, right. Um, the, the biggest one is, you know, we want to keep it simple. Right. Right. I, I really don't, I, I, I personally don't like when people say that, you know, not that everybody has to be a seminarian. Right. I don't expect that. They have to, they have to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not expecting a theological systematic breakdown of the Greek yeah. on Sunday morning. You know, I think you can preach simplistically, but you should be preaching um, in a way that challenges your people, that makes them think, that yeah. challenges them to grow and, you know, and, and exposes them to a lot of scripture, like I said. So I think limiting scripture is a, a big problem, and I think that can be the start of it. Um, and then from that, um, Again, starting to explain away when you when you start to hear a pastor try to explain away a verse, that is going to raise a red flag for me. Right. Um, you know, you hear a phrase like "What Paul is really trying to say here <laughs> is right." Like that's going to raise a red flag for me. Right. Um, or um, if a church 
simply is a it seems to just be about um, social needs, which are good, and the church historically has been the best at answering those and should be. Right. Um, but when it stops there, I'm going to be like, okay. Or we, if that's your main focus. Right, which goes back to the, the, the tenet of, you know, this life is more important than eternity. Um, I'm going to wonder what's going on. Um, and that goes back to liberation yeah. theology. Yeah. And this is not going to be able to be in the church going, well, these people, you know, these people suck. They're not even real believers and all this <laughs> other stuff. You know, now there's churches that say that. But, um, but yeah. you know, not to their face. That's just rude. But, um, you know, not in a church for you. But I would say off the top of my head, just things like that. Yeah. You know, I, I get if, if you're, you're picking, if you're listening carefully, you're picking up a pattern with me. It comes back to the Bible. Right. What are you, what are you doing with the Bible? Yeah. That's gonna How do you tell, treat the Bible? That's going to tell me a lot. And your theological assumptions yep. when going to the Bible. That's going to tell me a lot. One of the, after that, I would say this happens generally after that, but when, after a person has a, maybe either changes their view of scripture in that way, what, what you're describing, they'll eventually, one of the first things I've seen is that they'll, and I've, I mentioned this earlier a little bit, but their view of uh, women in the pulpit or women pastors yeah. will change. Now, I'm not saying that every egalitarian is uh, the same and thinks the same. I, I, honestly, I haven't met an egalitarian that isn't liberal. <laughs> I, personally, I yeah. haven't. And every time I've met, I, I know somebody that has ventured out and said, I think women can preach or, or women can be pastors um, or even both. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, they'll start to say eventually homosexuality is okay and that there is a trajectory there yeah. i think that that there is something yeah. there i don't know for i can't prove it yeah i mean that, that might be that might be fair you know and, and, and to that issue it's like a you know when i again it comes back to again how are you viewing scripture and and that's that's normally what i've told a person when i've had the when a few discussions that i've had of you don't think a woman can be a pastor and i go no i don't think i just don't think the bible allows for that and you know and that that's supposed to take take off the burden of, oh Clayton, you hate women. Yeah, you know I definitely don't hate women. Well, and they would and say, well, your yeah. your hatred of women, yeah, or you influences hate your interpretation. You don't, think, you don't think women are capable or whatever, right? That's not true. I'm, there's plenty of women out there who are brilliant at at breaking down scripture and and teaching and. And, you know, caring for other people around them. You know, Jen Wilkin is awesome, right? The Sheologians, they're good. You know, like these are really smart people. Um, but it, again, it think about this with me. So if it's not that I don't, I think women are not incapable, it's that if I actually believe that the Bible is the word of God, meaning that God said, look, here, here's my word. Here's who I am. Here's who you are. Therefore, here's how I want you to live, and here's what I've right. done for you. If I actually believe that that's what that book is, and I and the and the book tells me that he only that for for whatever reason he gives, he wants he wants a man leading the the institution of the local church. Um, if I think God's saying that, don't I have to go with it? Yeah, and also it goes back to gender roles. Like their assumption is. You know, a lot of ways, women and men are the same. Yeah. So then it it goes back to, it's not about, you know, it's not about what I think of women. It's about what I think of God. Yeah. And his word. Yeah. Yeah. And think of, you know, think, oh, I'm going to take his word seriously. I'm going to take what he says seriously. 
and and I'm not going to put my like so our, our culture says if you don't if you don't raise women up to every leadership position possible that's possible in your church, then you're a sexist. Yeah. You, if you're not including women, then you're a sexist. Yeah. Well, no. It's a, yeah. It's like the it's trying to make make them you know a woman can do everything a man can do. No, that's no, not. And, no, because then you're just trying to be a like. Are you just not trying to be a man? Like, like you're like you're a woman. There's things you can. Women do. are wonderful. They're the, amazing. They're things, amazing at being women. There's things that women can do that I can't do. Yeah, exactly. They're, you know, and that that's what makes them wait, like. Can you give birth? I can't. See, don't want t- to. Yeah. Well, that's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, it's, it's just it's, like. Well, I mean, <laughs> just there, there's other things. It's just you know, women are more naturally affectionate than men. They're more naturally caring. You know. Motherly, that, that those motherly instincts kick in, and you know, no hate on the no hate on the dads out there, and you know, but it's women are just wired differently, and it's a and it's good that it's wired it's good, differently. yeah. If if the planet was just men, that would really stick. Yep, I agree. You know? I wouldn't like my yeah. So it's not it's not a it's not it's not out of a hatred of women. It's out of you know, if I actually believe that this God is real. Yeah. Um, you know, I need to, you know, I need to do what he says, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't listen to Andy Stanley much, but he said one thing that I thought was really good. He said, if you, if you tell me that you're going to die and be raised from the dead in three days and then actually pull it off, I'll believe anything you say. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I get yeah, it. I get what he's trying to say yeah, there. I like yeah. because of who Jesus, like Jesus showed himself to be the son of yeah. God, like I'm gonna believe what he says, and this is what he says about about men and about women, I'm gonna go with that. Yeah. You know, and he, he's a guy that's kind of I feel like has even flirted with progressive Christianity a little bit too much. He's, yeah, I mean that's, he, that's, he's kind of a mar, kind of a functional Marcionite, I would a, say. Yeah. That's a no I know that I know that that's is another I'm just, podcast for another day. I know. Yeah. And it's um Yes, yeah, so, I get what you're saying. Though. But at that I, point of like, I mean, it kind yeah. of goes back to just what I'm like. If if I actually believe that God is real and that God has spoken, right? Um, and I still believe that He's this gracious, loving God who has saved me by His grace through faith, right? And this is what He says. Why is all of a sudden this not okay? Yeah. Now there is. Now, if you come back and say, I don't actually think that's what He said. Great. That's the conversation we can and should be having. Not, why do you hate women? Yeah. That's like, what does the text actually say? Yeah. Not, that's the conversation. Not, what are my motives in yeah. saying this? That yeah. is the conversation yeah. I want to get to. Yeah. And I, I see a lot of people say, well, you need to think the best of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. But yet, and, and a lot of progressive Christians will say that, but they're not doing that. They're thinking the worst of many solid conservative evangelicals. They'll think, you just hate women. You just hate gay people. You yeah. just hate them so much. Like, no, that's not true. I just believe what God yeah. said. Or I believe Scripture says this. And that's the thing, because they've tried to, you know, I forget the phrase, but like monopolize. Yeah. Hijack. Friendliness. Yeah. Yeah. All of Hijack a sudden, all of a sudden, if you're not one of them, you are, Yeah, you're the jerk or the, or you're arrogant or yeah. you're stubborn or you're closed-minded or whatever. It's... You know, it's no, I just don't think the way you do. Let's talk about it. Right. So the kind of the final question here is, you know, how do we respond to these, to, to the progressives? Because do I think all of them are not truly saved? I can't answer that for sure. 
I think yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to speak to somebody's salvation. Right. I do think that there are fundamental errors in their in the gospel of the progressive Christianity movement. So I cannot claim that that movement is Christian. It's the same way I said with Roman Catholicism. Yeah. Is I do believe there are truly saved Roman Catholics, mm-hmm. but the gospel within Roman Catholicism is not yeah. one that truly saves. Yeah, I, yeah, I've always phrased it. It's it's possible to find the gospel in a Catholic church. It's just a lot more difficult. Yeah, it's a lot or, more difficult because there's a lot yeah. of hubbub in between there. Yeah, yeah, and so maybe yeah. it's a similar. I don't. I, I would. I don't know how I would compare the two, but I would just say, say that you know simply that I think we need to be careful to differentiate between people that are ignorant and maybe are well-intended and truly have a love for Jesus and are regenerated and believe in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so that's ignorance. Yeah. I I would be, I would handle that much differently than people that are the the teachers, Mm -hmm. the false teachers. I would say, I would call them. Yeah. And and, yeah, and and that's kind of, Trying to what I was trying to get out, you know, a little earlier. I think the people that I know are actually genuinely trying to follow Jesus, right? You know, and you know, I was talking to somebody about a certain TV preacher the other day, and I started out the conversation by saying, "Hey, I get why people listen to him. He's very friendly. He's very passionate about John MacArthur about what he believes." I'm just joking. Definitely was not John MacArthur. I'm just joking. Definitely was not John MacArthur. Um, Passionate about what he believes. I get why people are attracted to him. Yeah. But I thought what he said was not true. Right. So it gets back to what does the Bible actually say? Um, You know, so I think that's where I'm, that's where I'm always going to fall. And I've always, I've tried to carry myself with the posture of I'm more, more than willing and happy to talk about anything theological or spiritual to anyone right. anytime. I just enjoy it. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Um well, I thought you hated theology, but yeah. That's right. I I just yeah, I just love Jesus. Um <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't need a lot of theology stuff. But um yeah, so like and I think I I think people that know me would say that that's probably true. Like you can you know, I, I try not to be you know, I'm not gonna argue with you. If you just want to have an argument I'm not gonna talk because I I just don't care to do that with a person, um, you know. And I mean, you've seen guys try to argue with me at the student center. I just don't. I just don't do it Not anymore. I used to, but it, you know, if you want to sit down and genuinely talk through this without you attacking me or me attacking you, happy to do it. Enjoy doing it. I want to do it. Um, and I think if you have questions, I think they're right. We should ha- invite questions, but. I think a lot of these questions that people are asking have answers. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not we like the answers is another story. You know? So, I, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. I've read things in the Bible before that I'm just like, oh, you know, why'd you have to say that? Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, why'd you have to say that? Yeah. But it's in the Bible, so I got to go with it. Yeah. You know? So, I, that's just kind of what I would do. It just have, you know, don't. Don't write a person off based on a single comment, based off of a single YouTube clip, based off of a Facebook post, you know, whatever. Get to know the person so you can actually talk to them about this stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. I agree that we definitely need to be willing to get to know people that we even disagree with fundamentally. Mm -hmm. And I think 
I find it, I'll be honest with you, I find it harder to have discussions personally with progressive Christians because when you're being called a racist, sexist, homophobic, whatever, it's kind of hard to have a conversation. Now, not all of them are saying that exactly the same way. I'm just saying that that's one thing that, that that's kind of one of their assumptions and one of the things they will even say. Yeah. Well, yeah. If I mean, if I'm talking to a person and all they're doing is calling me those names, I'm going to end the conversation because obviously you don't want to talk yeah. anyway. You just want to, right. you just want to tell me what you think of me, which is fine. You know, so my feelings aren't going to be hurt by that. Yeah. Um, but going to cry. No, I, I used to be really snarky and I, 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 I used to be, uh, and, uh, has it worn off yet? Yeah, I I, I, uh, used, I yeah. used to I used to tell people, you know, my I, I don't get offended because for me to be offended, I have to care what you think. Oh. Um, I wish I had a little bit more of that because I, yeah. I feel like I care too much. But you know, in a way, that's true. Like I'm not gonna let I, I don't need to let you define what I think about myself, right? Right. You know, right. Just because you think I'm a racist, um, or a homophobe or whatever, I'm not gonna lose any sleep about over that. It's gonna be unfortunate that you think that. Sure. You know, and if if it's coming from something that I've done then I want to talk about it. But if it's right. just off of what I, because I disagree with you, I'm, I'm not going to be too hurt over that. Right. that. That's more on you than it is on me. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of issues, not just in the in this camp, in this progressive Christianity movement camp, but also in the, maybe even in some conservative circles, you know, when I see people post on Twitter or Facebook about, you know, how if you say this, then you're a white supremacist. If you defend Donald Trump, for example, Look, I'm not saying you have to vote for the dude, but if you do, if pe- if pe- someone says that and you, that you're a white supremacist, if you vote for him, that conversation is probably pretty short. No, um, I mean, the, the 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 person the person who who is going to make that broad of a statement or make that judgment off the bat isn't wanting to have the conversation. Yeah, you know, if you're wanting to, that's going to be different. You're you you can tell when a person actually wants to talk. They're asking yeah. questions. You know. You know, they might, they might be blunt, like bluntness is fine. That's what I appreciate. That's how I am. But like, yeah, just, just jabbing, just taking shots at somebody constantly. Like you're not wanting to have the conversation. You're just wanting to be right or push buttons or whatever. Right. No, I I agree. I agree. Well, man, it's been fun. uh, I've enjoyed this conversation about progressive Christianity. Um, Mm -hmm. We might need to do part two because I feel like we didn't even really get that deep into progressive Christianity. Kind just, of just, tell me when, just tell me when I'm wearing, man. Like I said, I enjoy this stuff. We'll have to do a part two or something like that. Maybe get into more of the theological beliefs or something like that. Yeah. Um, what d- would be, what yeah. would be really good is if you know of somebody who would say that they're more progressive and we all just talk. And right. Actually try, actually try and do what we're talking about here. That would be great. I'd like to actually, before we record it, <laughs> I'd like to actually talk to the person and right. and have a good conversation with. I, to be honest, like I'm not considerably close to any progressive Christians, and uh, that might be, might be something I need to look into. Mm. You know, if if I really want to 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 minister to those people to to look at that, it's just. But um, anyway, um, man, thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank um, you, sir, for having me. Aside from your basketball opinions, this is this is a wonderful. That's right. Yeah, I'm a progressive basketballist <laughs> yeah. because I don't think MJ is the goat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, well, I I don't know. It, it's just such a it's a fun conversation. But uh, right. I uh, you know, sports is always fun. It's a it's a great thing to you know to be able to just uh, kind of throw the banner around a little bit, just talk. 
uh, about those things. But uh, but yeah, it's been good, man. Um, do you got anything else you want to say? Um, no, not necessarily. So I hope if anybody listens to this and they are progressive, they're not um, turned off. I hope we were accurate in our assessment and they would, you know, and, and gentle in our response. Right. So. Right. Yeah. But if they do and they want to talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk. That's the whole point. If you haven't, like, honestly, anytime I, we, you know, have a podcast and there's something you disagree with, like, shoot me a message. I mean, that's, that's totally cool. Um, love to talk about it and, and, and iron things out. Um, and maybe, maybe I'm off base on something I've said. Um, you know, I, I, sometimes I don't consider all, um, consider all everything I say, uh, with complete accuracy. So feel free to, to message me or all the, all the really angry, um, folks that think that we're sexist and racist contact Clayton. <laughs> you know? yes, but, um, thank you for that. Anyway, folks, thank y'all so much for, for tuning in to this episode of Causey's Conversations. Um, I pray that the Lord blesses you today and um, that you have a great week. God bless.